Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. My name is Pastor Ray, and I'm a product of sitting in the seat just like some of you. Um, I was here when they first started everything back at um, Overfelt, and I came in with uh, Salvation Army Men's Home. And uh, I remember um, a man of God um, invited me to come. And I, I was very raw to being a Christian. I didn't have any idea except for I, I got saved in jail. And I didn't know that there was such a great family that God had out here that would be supported. Amen? Because, you know, when you're not raised in a lot of instances to be supported, um, it could be kind of rough. And now in your reality become skewed that that's all there is. But then I found out there's something that happens in the kingdom of God when you receive Christ. You receive the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes in, I call it kingdom business begins to happen. There's something special about kingdom business when it starts to happen in your life because radical transformation and radical change, things start to fall off of you that you didn't realize were slowing you down. Amen? And if sitting here, amen, you can give the Lord a clap offering on that one. Because I'm sure there's a lot of stories of people here that have stuff, and you may not even know that they've been holding you back. You thought it was a strength. Fleshly strength does nothing but hold back spiritual strength. The Bible says the spirit and the flesh are at war for control of what we do. Somebody say it's a war. It's a war. In Matthew 6.10, our topic today is kingdom business. And I get it from this scripture right here. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When God's kingdom comes in you, because you ever been in a service where you see people falling out and you see people worshiping and you see people crying and yet you're not able to enter in yet? That's because the kingdom has not been made alive in you. Because it's all up to us to receive the kingdom in us by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, the Bible says, um, no one come to the Father unless the Spirit of the Lord draws them. So don't be upset when somebody you bring to church doesn't get it the first time. Because that's not your job to make them get it. It's your job, yes, to bring them and give them the opportunity, yes, to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why do we bring people, sometimes dragging the people in? Because we know what they're missing. They don't know what they're missing yet. But over time, as they begin to come, they hear relevant stories. They get relevant insights. Jesus used Daily life things in order to preach a kingdom message. Amen. That's why when we get saved and redeemed, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And that's why your redemption story is very important. Because it shows the kingdom of God can invade earth one person at a time. So right now, God's kingdom is expanding in each of us. The Bible says that God does not dwell in buildings made with man's hands. But he says, but in the hearts of man does he dwell. 
So you're a whole bunch of bricks in God's church. Amen? Some of you are baby bricks. You ever seen a snowball? I always, I, I, I learn in pictures. So it's like a snowball rolling. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it picks up steam, right? As, as things start to connect to it. That's what happens as believers. We become a more integral part of the body of Christ. Not a more important part. Not bigger part than somebody else. The Bible says, do not compare yourself among yourself. Those who do are unwise. But you see, sometimes there's a lot of competition because we come out of a competition world. Amen? Because some of us, like, we've been dressed, hey, people have been dressing real nice, and it's a fashion show going to the store. Ooh, it's a fashion show. Ain't nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. Amen? I'm not knocking that. But I'm telling you, when you walk right in the kingdom of God, like you did, like in the old days when the Jews would walk, they had bells at the bottom of their on the bottom of their robes, and every time they would walk around, you knew they were there because there was a song playing off of their walk. Is there a song playing off of your walk? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It requires faith. It requires faith. I didn't have faith in godly things. I had faith in earthly things before. I had, earth, I had faith in what I could do. I had faith in all the things that I had a control of. Amen. But how many knows it doesn't matter how good of a controller you are, you still can't control people. Because for the most part, people will not be controlled. People seem to be like that, kind of like me. I couldn't be controlled. All kind of efforts were, were, were sent to help me out and to do different types of things. And even coddling me as a, as a person that would use drugs. I had my mom, that she would just not even see that I was a drug person. She would just let me back in, and she knew I was right out of jail, and she would just open the doors, and she just believed the best for me. But how many knows that didn't help? It was nice, but it allowed me to continue doing what I was doing. You see, when you have... Kingdom faith, for me, I didn't know, I know now, that kingdom faith, the kind of faith that I had, I was actually operating in a gift of faith. Amen. How many knows that there, there's gifts? There's nine gifts. The Bible talks about them. There's nine gifts of faith. Right? There's nine gifts of the Spirit. And one of those gifts is faith. So we're going to run through that right quick. We're not going to get all deep into that, but I just want to share with you there's something. Some of you are running around in gifts, and you might see your gift today. Amen. So we'll go to the next slide. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. Verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Verse 6, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who works in all of us. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9, it says, a spiritual a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, now here we go, the Spirit gives the ability to, to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Verse 9, the same Spirit gives great faith to another. And so to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. Verse 10, he gives one person the power of performing, to perform miracles and another 
the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to, to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Somebody say, hey, man, we need that one. That's called discernment. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is, it, it is in the one and only Spirit who, who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides each, which gift each person should have. Hmm. Did any of you guys see something that you're, you have a special insight for where you could say you, maybe you have a gift of serving? You have a heart to hurt or to, sell, uh, to help people, even though you need help yourself. Right? You have enough faith for everybody else. You got faith to believe God could reach anybody. That would be my gift. That's why I highlighted it. I didn't realize I had a gift of faith. My gift of faith allowed me to believe anything that God said. Because I already believed a lot of what the world said, and I seen what the results of that was where I was at. Jail, looking at 19 years, two strikes, just doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff. It was all drug-related. So that was a common denominator, all drug-related things. But then I came, to the, I came to church. And guess what? I didn't come to church at a church house. I came to church reading a book about Jesus in my jail cell all by myself. I didn't have anybody around me. There was no pride involved. God eliminated all the prideful reasons not to acknowledge God. So I started reading a book about Jesus, and it was talking about he was more than a carpenter, and that he loved me, and that he's a savior, and that he knew all my days were written in his book. See, I didn't know that. I figured I was in a whole lot of trouble by now. But I found out when he catches you, he loves you. And that's what he does. His love will break you out of whatever is holding you back. God sent some mighty men of God into my life to speak to me at a point where I was, I was finally able to receive any instruction from anybody. One of those people was sitting right there. That's Brother Art right there. He was there when I was a baby Christian. And you would think, Looking with your natural eye, this guy has a whole bunch of tattoos. But the Bible says God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Those tattoos told me that it was all right. He might have gone through something maybe similar to what I went through. For some of you, it might be somebody with a degree that's saved. That degree might speak to you and tell you this person knows what it is to have education and be smart and have all kinds of knowledge, but still be hurt and broken and sad inside, walking around with all kind of money, but still be broke in your spirit. When the gifts of God start to reveal himself in you, you're able to break out of what was in you because you're not the one that does it. It's God that does it himself. The Bible says his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Amen. Somebody say amen to that one. Amen. So I remember sitting in the third row. It was at Mount Pleasant. It was at, uh, at um, Overfelt. And I was sitting in the third row. Me and my wife and my kids would sit in front of me. And some of you might know the story. Might, some of you might not. But all my kids... None of, none of us were saved, except for me. I barely came out. My wife knew the Lord. 
So she was by faith already going to Bible study, but we were sitting there and I'm brand new Christian. I don't know anything. I don't know anybody, any other Christian. But I would come to church and every time they would preach, Pastor Dan would preach and he would talk about a dad, what he's supposed to do. All the kids would turn around and look right at me. <laughs> and they weren't saying, yeah, that's you, dad. You're doing good. They were looking at me today because I was wrong. In all kinds of ways. And you know what? At first, it bothered me. I said, well, who are you? You're the one who came late. You came late from school. Of course, you're in trouble. But God used that irritation to refine me. Because that's what irritation does in an in a, in a oyster. It makes a pearl. So if you're wondering why you got the irritation that's not going away, it's because God is building something precious and valuable in you. Amen. God will say, he's building something of value in you that only you and him can make happen. It's the dirt of life. That's all it is. It's a grain of sand that's irritating to that oyster. And it, be, it makes that pearl. Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12. It said, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. You know, that's a trip. Because what I do is when I read scripture, I read it slow. And I'm thinking, all right, if I'm Hearing God talk to Jeremiah, and he said, what do you see? And he says, I see an olive branch, or an almond branch. That's weird. Who sees an almond branch? I would think, oh, I see my family coming together. I see my business starting. I see I'm not going back to jail this time. And I see my mom getting saved. And I see, no, none of that. He said, I see an almond branch. It seems strange if you're looking from the outside, but you know what? God will show you some strange stuff that nobody else is going to understand but you. You're going to know that's an almond branch. You say, God, that's an almond branch. He's going to say, that's right, because that almond branch that you see, maybe you see your almond branch might see maybe be your kids coming back. It might be your mom getting saved. It might be somebody getting healed from cancer, and all of a sudden you're not thinking of you. You're thinking of somebody else. And he asked Jeremiah, the interesting part about this is he said, what do you see? And I'm asking you today, what do you see? What do you see? It could be the craziest thing that God might do, that maybe you came to a church service and you've seen something. Guess what? If you have the right inner circle, they're going to believe that strange thing you've seen. They're going to see you winning and coming out of the men's home, out of the women's home. They're going to watch you as entrepreneur come out of the women's home. They're going to watch you as an entrepreneur coming out the men's home. They're going to show because you're going to help a lot of people. How can you give somebody something if you don't have anything to give? God's not going to leave you like that. The Bible says you are the head and not the tail. You are the lender and not the borrower. You are above and not beneath. Today, not next week, today. You have to have the mindset right now that's who you are. Because that's a fact.
But I can have all the faith I want for you. It's where, do you, where is your faith at? I remember this, a, a famous quote from Pastor Dan. He said, if you can't see it before you see it, you ain't never going to see it. You have to see it before you see it or you ain't never going to see it. Somebody say, get your vision right. Let's get our vision right. Because it's always about vision. God will put your family together. And guess what? It's going to be one verse at a time. One quote at a time. It's going to be one church service at a time. It's going to be one Bible study at a time. It's going to be you going, leaving this Bible study, and you might have a fire for God, and you're going to find another church service that you're going to be like, I can't get enough church. I want God to tell me some more. I know that there's more. I know that I'm a baby. You know, baby birds, they're always hungry. What about you? The mom steps on the side of the nest. The baby birds got their mouth open, and the mom better come up with something. You know God will continually feed you if you remain hungry. But we got to remain hungry. Don't plateau in your faith. Some people work out. There's a whole bunch of healthy people that know how to, how to work out. And, but there's a, something called plateau. Don't plateau in your faith. Don't stop learning. Don't stop being hungry. And the second part that I underlined, this is for I'm watching over my word to perform it. It's not whether Reverend John is watching over the word that's sent to you at the Bible study. God's watching his own word. God will make sure that that word comes to pass. God's going to make sure that every scripture comes alive in you. God's going to make sure that your faith is on the next level because that's where it's going to take next level. That means you're going to have to do new things. Every job. As you get raises, there's more requirements there at that job. They're not giving you a job that's easier. You're just taking it easier. That doesn't mean there's less to do. There's more to do. It might just be a different more to do. It might be administration. Maybe you're putting hands. I don't know who I'm speaking to. Somebody's been using their hands, and you just got promoted to a position of administration. But there's a lot of administration that you have to do that doesn't require hands. It requires head. God is telling you, you need to shake that off. Whatever you've been doing, you think it's easier job. You didn't get a promotion to do less. You get a promotion to do more. And God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you guys know anything about me, I'll start taking off. The Holy Spirit will just take us wherever he wants to take us. Is that all right with you? I know a lot of times I don't stick with the script, amen, because sometimes people need to hear certain things, and I don't know about it until it's time, but I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I heard that God watches over his own word, that set me free from asking, maybe ask a brother that was maybe around all the time, hey, what do you think about that? Will God say that? What do you think about this? I think God said that. I started to know already. God will tell me on his own. And God will confirm it when I come to church. I won't tell nobody anything. And I will come to church and I'll say, God, you told me something yesterday. I heard it on the radio. And I'm coming to church. You need to tell me if there's another way. You need to let me know some kind of way. Because I ain't going to continue hurting my family. 
I'm not going to continue to hurt my kids. I'm not going to continue to leave them on the porch waiting on me to come home. Waiting me to pick them up. And over and over and over again, I wouldn't show up. Not because I didn't like them. Because I was addicted. I had, there was too much lifestyle that I was picking over, just slowing down, stopping, and just holding my son's hand. You know, I paid a heavy price for that. But you know what? God is faithful. My son came to my house the other day, drove all the way from Riverside. Is it, what is that, Riverside? It's not Riverside. It's like, where? Riverbank. He called me up. Dad, I want to come over. I want to, I want to talk to you. All right. Boom. He's all the way to Hollister. He drives all the way to Hollister. Dad, because he just, he got married. He got, I got three granddaughters with him. He's 30. My son, 30. He was raised here too in this church. And I said, all right, God, I need to know that you're still working in them. God said, don't worry. You did your job. You brought them here. My word is still alive in them. It's a pilot light, but it's still alive. So I brought them in so that they can have at least some kind of faith in their life. And guess what? He comes all the way. He could have told me on the phone. He came all the way. He said, Dad, me and, my, me and your daughter, Alejandra, we want to know if you guys can, you can baptize the babies. I mean, uh, dedicate the babies, not baptism. Dedication. He said, because I explained to her, she's raised Catholic. He said, I explained to her what baby dedications is. And I showed her in the Bible where dedication is, takes place. And he said, I want you to do that. Dad, can you do that for me? Yes, I can do it for you. Of course I can do it for you. Yes, thank you, Jesus. So it was a celebration inside of that house. It didn't take me, hey, what about the babies? Are you going to dedicate are you going to do all that? You know, I didn't do any of that. I said, God, they're in your hands now. He's a full-grown man. Amen. Taking care of his family. Driving every day to San Jose. He works at Therma. The steam fitter. Wakes up at 3. Gets home, get there on time. Gets back at 8. Drives every day back and forth. Then he starts helping with my grandkid. I said, man, you're a good man. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So um, we're taking a trip now, so you know. <clears throat> First Corinthians 2, 12 and 13. It's, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of uh, who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God, that we may impart words not taught by human wisdom, not taught by, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths, to those who are spiritual. See, you got to have the spirit of God in order to absorb this. Amen. So if you're wondering why it's bouncing off of you, wondering why it's not, you know what, your opportunity to become saved and born again and believe in the same God that I'm talking about today. God is a miracle working God. He does amazing things. He softens the hardest hearts. The Bible, the Bible says that he will replace a heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Break off all the resistance that we have. I was born rebellious. Amen. Anybody born rebellious? (laughs) 
healing faith. We're going to talk about a man in the Bible, right here, the centurion. And the reason I brought him up is because it was his faith that healed somebody else. It was his faith that healed somebody else. Matthew 8, 5 through 8. It says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he asked, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my, my servant will be healed. That's the kind of faith that you're going to need in order to heal some of the wounds that we've inflicted on other people. It could even be that that's the, faith that kind of, the kind of faith that heals, that brings people to a ministry like your ministry. See, today is spotlight day for me. I'm under the spotlights today. But guess what? When you're used to being under the spotlights daily, you're going to work daily. I'm a Christian daily. How about you? Because it's a responsibility. I'm always thinking of how is my walk going to help somebody or hurt somebody? How is my business moves in business? How is it going to help somebody or hurt somebody? And so I wake up like that. And I stay like that. Because there was, I'm desperate not to go back to where I was at. And I still have the same desperation today. It takes one mistake to go back. It takes one time to use something to go back. It takes one bad word to somebody and you have to restart trying to win them to Christ again. So that's a, I just wanted to put that out there. Let's watch what we say and do. Because that person could be a beacon of hope to a lot of people. And we don't want to hinder that from happening. Amen? Amen. Verse 13, then Jesus said, go to, said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. See, he said, let it be done just the way you believed it would. But sometimes we have a lot of disbelief in our heart that manifests itself in our life. So if I don't believe that things are going to get better, guess what? It ain't going to get better. Because as thou believest in your heart, as a man believest in his heart, so is he. So by faith, I say, God, I'm going to have my family put together. God, by faith, if I start this business, I'm not going to forget about ministering to the men that are like me. And I say, God, even if you blow up the business, no matter what, I'm going to continue to put you first. I'm going to continue to talk to you first. I'm going to continue to lift up my family first, spend more time with them first. And of course, I ran into a few roadblocks because ministry has a way of sucking you in. Now, all of a sudden, you're more ministry than home, which is your home is your first ministry. So there might be some bumps on the, way, on the road. But guess what? You don't want to become a spiritual hoarder either. Now that you came out of the women's home, out of the men's home, or out of the church service, and now you've got all this good stuff in you. You've got all these fresh reminders of what it is to have faith that moves mountains, and now you ain't talking to nobody. And you're going to be like the Dead Sea. You have no outlet. 
The Dead Sea is dead because it has a whole bunch of good stuff going into it and there's no outlet. So if you feel like you're dead and you're going to church all the time and you're reading books and you're hearing tapes and you're getting the podcast and you feel like you're still stagnant and you're still stuck, it's because you're not showing nobody else. You're not walking with anybody else. You're not teaching anybody else. You're not encouraging anybody else. We need to have a place to help people. Brother Art, I can never repay him back, and he'll never ask me to pay him back. But what he did for me, you see the result. I didn't ask to be up here. Thank you, Jesus. I don't ask, when is it my day to preach, Pastor Dan? I'm just, I lay low. I do what I got to do. If it's ministry, hey, do you need something to help? I'll, I'll launch it, or I can support somebody. It don't matter to me. Work is work. Right? If anyone desires to be the most in the kingdom, he should become servant of all. That's what the Bible said. Amen. Servant of all. That's how you become big in the kingdom, by serving all. So today, looks like I'm bumping into my, the back end of my time here. But our final scripture is Jeremiah 32, 27. And he says, Below, be, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Question. That's up to you to answer. I know that the answer is no. But do you know the answer is no? Is there anything too hard for God? You got to check your own spirit. Because the Bible says, for nothing is impossible with God. The Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The Bible says, I've been given not the spirit of fear, but a love and power out of a sound mind. The Bible says that you are the head and not the tail, the end of the bottle, the above and not beneath. Fear is not of God. Confusion is not of God. So I want to ask everybody if we could just stand up. We're going to wind this up. If I could get some help for them. That's our scripture right here that we're going to close with. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for me? No, there's not. So let's pray. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.